Welcome to the Revolutionary Insights Podcast number 65. The question for today is, when was Jesus begotten? I'm going to go a little bit different from my usual political uh, base of what I talk about in this podcast. We're going to talk about something uh, like obviously biblical today. Uh, before I want to, uh, before I actually get there, let me uh, let me tell you that I have uh, recently tried to start actually promoting what I do. I've never really marketed anything I've done, so uh, I've actually hired some people to help me with that. And uh, one of the first things they've done is they've they've started a Facebook group. Uh, it's just brand new. Matter of fact, I saw for the first time uh, this morning. So uh, I'm going to uh, in the newsletter I send out announcing this podcast. I'm going to link to it, and I will link to it everywhere I can think to link to it, uh, so that if anybody actually wants to get on there and uh, start a discussion or ask questions in this group setting, uh, that we can uh, we can do so. Uh, so anyway, again, those people know a lot more than I do. I might have some insights and some things biblical or political or historical, but when it comes to social media. I have no insights whatsoever. So anyway, uh, I hope you uh, do get on there and so that uh, it also will help me to understand some of the things that you might have questions about that maybe I can answer or try to find an answer to. Or, uh, you know, one thing is at least we can share some some thoughts together uh, on that uh, Facebook groups. So anyway, let's get it, go ahead and get into, uh, into this um, revolutionary insights. Uh, I'm your host, Bill Hawkins. Uh, the uh, but when was Jesus begotten? The first, uh, I think, probably the first most of us Christians verse that we ever memorized. I don't know, maybe not everybody did, but I know I did. Was the verse John three sixteen? And of course, we all know John three sixteen. Or if we don't, well, that's definitely a verse that you should memorize. But John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world." that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, a great verse, a lot of information is packed in there. But one thing I know, first time I actually can recall actually reading the verse out loud, and I was preaching, I was probably about, uh, let's see, it must have been around third grade, because that's when the Gideons came around school, and they gave out uh, Bibles. And I, was, uh, I read that verse to my dog. And I explained that verse to my dog. Of course, I had to stop when I got the part of everlasting life because I, at the time, I believed you could lose your salvation. If you could lose your salvation, then it's not very much, it's not everlasting, is it? But another word in there that kind of uh, confused me was the word begotten. Now, there's so many uh, verses about begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and so-and-so begat, so-and-so, that we have a tendency to think that begotten means that, uh, that this is when Jesus was born. And if you were thinking that Jesus was begotten when he was born on the earth, you would be mistaken. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. This is not some kind of new insight of revelation. Matter of fact, I came across this for the, for the first time, reading a commentary by Warren Wearsby. Uh, it was in the New Testament, and it was actually in Acts. And we're going to get to that verse a little bit later on. But let's go through here, and let's just see. When was Jesus begotten? Now, was it at birth? And again, the answer is no. And part of that reason is found also in John chapter 1 and verse 14, and it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
Now, the Word was made flesh. That means that Jesus Christ was made flesh. When he was made flesh, he was uh, God who made himself into human form. But he was not begotten as the Son of God when he was made into human form. So that doesn't, so again, it couldn't have happened whenever he was born because that's not when he was made the Son of God. Uh, one reason why I say that is because did Jesus Christ exist before he was born? Well, I was getting ready to say the obvious answer. The obvious answer to Christians and the obvious answer to anybody who studied the Bible is, uh, no, he was, uh, I mean, yes, excuse me, he was alive before he was born. Uh, and he existed before he was born. If you look at Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 3, it says, Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. So Jesus Christ had no beginning. He has no end. It says that he, uh, again, it says neither beginning of days. He didn't have beginning of days. So did God create him? Did, was Jesus a product of a creation of God? Now, there are some religions that teach that, believe that, but that's simply not the case, as it says right here. He has always been. Matter of fact, not only has he always been, but he was in, uh, actually the creator. He was the one that created everything. So since he was the creator of this universe, the creator of this earth, you know, he existed before before anything, because he's always existed. We can't wrap our minds about that because with us, everything has to have a beginning and an end. But with, with, with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, there was no beginning and there is no end for them. It says no end of life. He said, wait a minute, how could Jesus not have end of life if Jesus died? Well, <laughs> and the idea of how a human flesh dies, he died. The human flesh, but the spirit lived on just like our spirit lives on. And by the way, we are begotten as well. Now, we are begotten as human beings. Everybody is begotten as human beings. We all have a father and a mother. We are begotten. And that means that we are begotten as a human being, just like Jesus was begotten as a human being at his, uh, as his, at his birth. But we die. Now, the only way we live on is if Jesus Christ uh, saves us. He redeems us. That's the only way we live on. Otherwise, we remain uh, spiritually dead. Uh, that's what the Bible says. You know, the Bible says that when we are given spiritual life, that's when we were born again. Now, speaking of being born again, so we still haven't got to the point yet where Jesus was begotten. He was born, and in other words, he was begat as a human, but he has not yet been begotten by God. Not yet, not as we're talking about in, in, as the time that he is born, a time that he is, is raised, and the time he starts his ministry. He still has not been begotten. And let's kind of get into that for a second, because here's, a, here's what ends up happening. Jesus had a mission. He just didn't come to earth for no apparent reason. He came on a mission. He came for a purpose. And his purpose was to fulfill a plan. He had something he needed to accomplish. And what was it that Jesus needed to accomplish? The plan we know as the plan of salvation. So what is the plan of salvation? Before Jesus, it was a great mystery. If uh, How were people in the Old Testament saved? They weren't saved by keeping the law. Nobody was ever saved by being good, by keeping some kind of rules. Nobody was ever saved that way. 
The way they were saved in the Old Testament was the same way we're saved in the New Testament, through faith. Now, did they know about Jesus Christ? They knew that a Messiah, they knew a Redeemer was coming. They didn't know who it was. They didn't know when it was going to be. So it was a great mystery in that part. But it was also not only a great mystery to the people of the Old Testament, it was a great mystery to Satan. All he knew is that there was going to be a Redeemer sometime come along. And he had to somehow, speaking of he, I'm talking about Satan, had to somehow figure out a way to thwart this idea of a plan of salvation, a plan of redeeming mankind. He had to somehow stop that. And so again, he didn't know it was how it was going to be completed. Uh, so all he knew, all that Satan knew, which is kind of ironic when you look back at this, is all he knew is that somehow he had to figure out a way to kill this Messiah before that plan could be completed. Now that's kind of uh, a funny way to look at it. If you see just how clever God is, and I say clever, just God knows everything. Satan doesn't. Satan is a powerful being, a very powerful being, one that doesn't need to be messed with by us human beings if we can avoid him, because he's always going to be trying to mess with us. So we need to be very careful and be wary of Satan. He is a powerful human being. He's not just somebody just like us that we can outsmart and such. He's also a very intelligent being. Now, he might not be human. He is, uh, was an angel, a fallen angel, but he is very powerful. We need to be careful of him. I notice I hear that some people you know, think that they can take on Satan. You know, you know, Jesus, he never even took on Satan face to face. Not that he wasn't more powerful than Satan. It's just that Satan was, might think that he's great and powerful, but he is nowhere even where close to being as powerful as God is being. So he doesn't scare God. Satan will be judged someday. We always want people to be judged as soon as, we, as soon as they do something bad to us. And then we get mad at God because he doesn't judge people right away. He's giving us time to come around, giving us time to accept him as our Savior. That's one reason why he's, he's so patient with us, so patient with people. Somebody does us wrong, we want revenge right then and there. Well, God is not necessarily—God says leave vengeance to him, but he's not necessarily just about vengeance. He's about justice. And he's about justice, but most of, most of all, he's about love and about the salvation of mankind. And that's what the purpose of Jesus was, to bring about the salvation of mankind. That's what Satan did not understand. But that brings up a question. Did Satan kill Jesus? The answer is no. Did the demons kill Jesus? Uh, not the demons, the Romans. Did the Romans kill Jesus? Uh, the answer is No. Did the Jews kill Jesus? Again, the answer is no. So who killed Jesus? Now, Satan thought that he was smart enough to get Jesus murdered. Uh, he thought that when the Romans hung him on the cross at the request of the Jews, that uh, this was going to be the end of the plan of salvation. It says in John 10, 18, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now, guess who said that? That was said by Jesus the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus said that. He said, No man taketh it from me. Taketh what? Life. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. This was, in other words, this was all part of the plan of salvation. The death of Jesus Christ was part of the plan of salvation. So, when Jesus died... Did that mean he was begotten? 
No, he was not begotten at this point because the plan had not been fulfilled. Because that's really what begotten means is when something has been fulfilled. Now, as a, as a birth, what has been fulfilled is we have been conceived, we have grown in our mother's womb, and then we are begotten when that, when that process of birth is complete and we are on our own. That's when we are begotten, kind of when that's, uh, that umbilical cord is cut. That's when we are begotten. That's when we have our own life, and we're not relying on the support of an outside uh, life system, if you will, being our mother, uh, even though we are still alive uh, without, uh, without even our, our mother at that point. We have a heartbeat. We have everything else. We are a child. We are a baby. We are a human being. And so then we are given birth to, and when we're given birth to, that means that we are begotten in a fleshly form. But that, that is the completion of the birth process. But Jesus came to complete another process. This process is plan, if you will, of called the plan of salvation. And when Jesus died, that plan of salvation was not yet complete. There still had to be more done. And so here's what has to be done. And by the way, interesting, I, I, this is something that I, uh, those who are familiar with my book, uh, this commentary in 2 Samuel, uh, will know this. But in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 5 through 15, I bring up those verses, 2 Samuel chapter two, 22, verses 5 through 15. And the reason I bring up those verses is because have you ever wondered what Jesus went through while he was on the cross? Do you ever wonder what God went through while he was on the cross? Those verses will tell you what he went through. And it's also interesting to note, what was Satan doing when Jesus was on the cross? Satan was celebrating. They were having a party, if you will. The demons were buzzing around Jesus. They were mocking Jesus. They thought that they had won. They thought that they had defeated God because they thought they had actually killed the Messiah. But unbeknownst to them, that was all part of the plan. Because we all die. When Jesus died, there was nothing special about when Jesus died. You know, we all die. So there's nothing unique about that. There's something else about being begotten. Begotten is, a, is something that is unique, something that is different. So there was nothing unique or different about death. Everybody dies. And Jesus died physically. Now, he didn't die spiritually because he's God. But he died physically. So again, like I said, there's nothing special about that. But the plan of salvation was completed. It was completed. It finally was finished when Jesus rose from the dead. That's when the plan of salvation was completed. When Jesus rose from the dead. That is when Jesus was begotten. Because that is when the plan was completed. That's when it was fulfilled. That's when the mission was accomplished and the mission was to redeem mankind. And the reason why it was important that Jesus raised from the, from the dead, and by the way, notice that Jesus raised himself from the dead. Remember, go back to, uh, to, um, to John, excuse me, to, yeah, John chapter 10 and verse 18. He said, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Jesus had the power in death, because he was still alive spiritually, to raise back his physical form, and he did so. The only one in history that has ever done so 
Again, it was a very unique thing to do. And he did that. And when he did that, guess what he conquered? He conquered death. If he could conquer death for himself, he definitely can conquer death for the rest of man- mankind. And he does conquer death for the rest of mankind, the one that will accept what he did, that one will, the ones that will put faith in what he did, that he is the Messiah, that he died on the cross to pay for our sins, that he is our salvation. Those who believe that, that's simply all you got to do. You've just got to believe that. Put your faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins on the cross, that he rose again for three days, and he conquered, conquered death when he did that. If you believe that, then Jesus will adopt you into his family. Just like Jesus was begotten when he rose from the dead, we are begotten into the spiritual world whenever we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he paid for our sins. We believe that. That's when we are given salvation. We are adopted as sons and daughters of Christ, just the same way that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, he is the pure Son of God. We are adopted into that family. But we're adopted into the family because he gave us the power to be adopted. And all we have to do to accept that is accept what Jesus did. That is the plan of, the plan of salvation. Now, if you want some another verse, and this is the one that really stood out to me, where it made it clear that Jesus was begotten not on the day of his birth as human being, but he was begotten on the day of his resurrection, at the moment of his resurrection. That's when he was begotten. And all you got to do is turn to Acts chapter 13 and verse 33. If you have a Bible, later on, go look at it if you don't. But Acts 13, 33, and it says, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as is also written in the second Psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. What day was Jesus begotten? The day he was raised from the dead. That's when Jesus was begotten. And that's when and we are begotten, the day we accept that Jesus raised himself from the dead and he paid for our sins, you know? And just like the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, as I've said earlier, as human beings, we are all begotten at birth, just like Jesus was begotten, was begotten at birth. But it was a human begottenness. It was a human flesh. That's how he was born. That's how we are born. But we are only adopted as the, uh, only begotten, excuse me, as the adopted children of God when we believe that Jesus is indeed the Son of God and he alone is capable of giving us a second birth into the family of God. That's when Jesus was begotten. If you've never been adopted to the family of God, this would be a good time for you to ask God to say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you raised yourself up three days later to conquer death. And if I could put my complete trust and my complete faith in you and nothing else to get me to heaven, then, as Jesus said, he will give us salvation. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are saved through faith, not of works. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Accept him. That's my prayer for you today. In Jesus' name, you have a very good day. And if you've not accepted Christ your Savior, this would be a good day to accept the Lord. If you did accept Christ your Savior, 
Or if you have any more questions, would like me to answer something else, simply send me an email at billhawkins at revolutionaryinsights.com. Billhawkins at revolutionaryinsights.com. And I do hope to hear from you.